we won a national championship for for Ole Miss and um, all the past players and all the fans across the country and for the state of Mississippi and the University of Mississippi, uh, we did it. And, uh, we're national champs. Breaking ball. Tommy White. First pitch swinging. In the air to center. D'Onofrio back and it's gone! The legend continues! Got him swinging! The Campbell Campbells, the dynasty of the Big South. And now Tony Vitello bumps the third base umpire. Set. He'll throw that as a line drive in the gap. Did he do it again? It is another ball in the gap for Morrell. Another extra. Oh, that is gone. A home run for Brian Morrell. Swing and a ball driven. Way back. And foul. No, gone. He did it. Ortiz kept it just there and walks it off with a grand slam. All right, college baseball fans, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the 11.7 podcast. I'm going to cut right to the chase. I don't know what's going on with my mic and my recording studio, but the last two episodes, my audio has been kind of shaky. We've done a few test runs today, and it just sucks. It's terrible. I apologize. Uh, if you can't handle it, I will see you Thursday with a new mic. I will see maybe if I get have to get a new computer or something. Don't know what the issue is, but it is past midnight here at Eastern. Now on Monday, and I've been awake for probably 42 of the last 45 hours. Um, running on three hours of sleep. My eyeballs hurt. I know Dimitri's eyeballs hurt from watching 50-plus games this weekend. But I can promise you, if you do stick around for this episode, it will be a great show um, because we have a lot to talk about. And before I introduce Dimitri, who's sitting in the dark right now, probably pissed off at me for making us go through all these trial runs, I want to thank our sponsors. And the first one here is Yacker Tech and Baseball Cloud. One company, same mission. And uh, they're sponsoring our mid-major polls this year, which we just released on Twitter. And our mid-major power rankings, which top 25 mid-major programs. We laid it out last episode, but if this is your first time listening, it's non-power five teams. We cut to the chase this year. No more dancing around, whether the Sun Belt or the American or Conference USA, Big West, if they're mid-majors or not. Non-power five rankings. So... We just released it. Yakertech is, uh, I mean, I, I can't express enough how cool Yakertech's systems are and what their program is. Uh, basically, they're able to help not only player development with these colleges, but also give the fans something more entertaining to grasp onto for home runs and pitchers, pitches with break on them that are excellent and 
high velocity fastballs. It just makes it more interactive for fans to, to get the analytic side of things. And they're working with these programs right now. When I say programs, I mean college baseball teams. And uh, they're helping them develop their players better. So they're the best in the business. They've been laying low for the last few years. This is their coming out party. They're, they're here to show the college baseball world why they, they are, why they are the best. So you guys check them out. Um, and we'll talk about them a little bit more when we go over our mid-major power rankings. But thank you to Yacker Tech. And then also thank you to Circa. Sport, Circa Sportsbook, Las Vegas, Las Vegas Resorts. They're our premier sponsor all year long as well. Um, those guys are really good friends of ours, really good partners. And they're here to basically show how fun college baseball gambling can be. And uh, they uh, are giving away our grand prize for our weekend series pick them and our survival contest. And speaking of that, we have our results in for over a hundred participants and they're going to host two of those winners, the winner of the survival, the winner of the weekend series, pick them circa is going to host them for three nights at one or at their resort with the rooftop pool and the sports book up there. Really, really cool stuff. Um, They'll host them the first week of the College World Series. So the competition has began. I think we had 10 perfect brackets, 6-0. and And I think we only had 17 people eliminated from our survivor pool. So everybody's still in the picture. Uh, we'll review that here on this episode as well. But with all that being said, let's, let's introduce the man himself, the guy behind the scenes all weekend on Twitter. Uh, Dimitri, what is up? And... Uh, Tell us about tell us about your weekend. Hey guys, um, and See, girl, your and audio lady, sounds and ten and times better than mine. Hey everyone, your audio sounds ten times better than mine. This is honestly making me so mad. I want to I want to quit the podcast because this audio is freaking bugging me. Mine sounds better. Oh, your sounds um, your sounds perfect. Well, I guess that's a cool thing. I guess. Um, Nope, it was a great weekend. I mean, I enjoyed watching lots of baseball. Um, so many, I mean, it was finally good to see teams on the field and in play, and you kind of get to learn how who's good, who's not good, who's got work to do, who got potential, just not there yet, all kinds of things. Um, just off the top of my head, it's, it's, and people might disagree with me, but it's, it's weird seeing Tennessee not be so dominant. Um, I think it's still early. I think their lineup, they're missing a couple guys. But when you really think about it, they lost a they lost a whole te- a whole team worth of guys almost a whole lineup at least. Um, so I mean, it's weird. It's weird because they were the st- they were the standard for the last year, two years, if you will. They were the standard, and every time you watched them, their games were electric. So. That was um, interesting to see them this weekend, but I'm not worried. I'm not. I'm not worried about Tennessee yet. So let me, that was let kind me, of like. Him. Let me toss you a softball question here. All right, and I want you to hit this out of the park. Who were your top three winners from the weekend and the top three losers for the weekend? Because I think we can agree on our top three winners, and I, I maybe our top three losers would be different. Um, at um, least because the way I'm thinking. Winners, my top three winners. I want to, I want to, I don't really want to throw Wake Forest in there yet. I mean, Illinois is decent, but let me see, let me see them against somebody else. I think they're really good. 
but I just I, I'm still sticking with what I said after weekend one that don't think they're going to win the ACC. We'll see. Last year they did they did the same thing. They were beating the shit out of everybody early. All these home runs. They were all over pitching Ninja with um oh my god what's his name Rhett Louder. Louder. I mean, don't get me wrong. They all look good. They all look really good. Let's see. Let, I want to see them do it for 56 games through the ACC, everything. So we'll see about them. I'm not going to put them in the winning category yet. I think Grand Canyon is the winner. Well, they just soiled it. They, they had a great weekend going, and then they, they lose today. I mean, whatever, dude. That environment that they had, their program was on the national spotlight last night. Everybody was watching, and if they weren't watching, they saw videos of it. They saw highlights of it. That was Grand Canyon, like, coming out kind of game. Where well, yeah, they've been a regional any- team. Yeah, they've been a regional team the last two years, but this was kind of their national stage where they made a presence because they've been a really good program. Um, you can even date it back four or five years. And uh, they finally got a game on MLB Network against you know everybody's arch nemesis, Tennessee. And uh, it was a back and forth game, but a lot of it was really entertaining to watch, and they ended up winning it. The crowd was great, sold out crowd. It's uh, it's something that was good for the sport. I think it kind of opened or it unlocked a new perspective for a lot of fans out there that might not have known Grand Canyon. Absolutely, and I think I think the fact that it was a great game um, was awesome. I mean, like Georgia Southern coming out party was last year in the regional when everyone saw the bald eagle, they saw the atmosphere. They were winning that game for a while against Notre Dame until the end. Um, so when you see these games where they get kind of like the, the spotlight Saturday night, Friday night, 8 o'clock. I mean, Texas State was last year against Texas. Yeah. That was a very similar coming out party. where everyone That's was very like, similar. That's a great comparison. Yeah, that's a great comparison. When everyone's like, I love this team. They're so much fun to watch, yada, yada. I think Grand Canyon can be one of those teams. Um so, yeah, really good for them. But on the flip side, back to what I was saying about Tennessee, they didn't play very good. Let's, no. let's, let's be honest. They should have won that game. They should have won the Arizona game, too. They just didn't play good, and it, it, it exposed them in their small ball. They don't know how to play small ball. <laughs> yeah, they, they they made some boneheaded plays. I mean, we saw it last year. They, sometimes they'll make boneheaded plays on defense, or base running was a big blunder that they had trying to go first to third on a ground ball to right field, made the third out at third base. It was just inexcusable. Um, but yeah, I mean, they have they have some stuff to figure out this year. I don't think we should spend too much time on Tennessee. Like they'll be they'll be okay. They they have a lot of pieces they needed to replace from last year. Uh, but this year, I mean, the starting pitching who, should carry. I, I want to know. I want to know the details behind the whole Maui Ahuna situation. Some people are there's some some people are saying it's on Tennessee administration um, compliance whatever. Some people saying it's on Kansas. Some people are saying it's on the NCAA. And I'm just like, dude, I'm not going to listen to any of them. When it comes out, it comes out. Yeah, I mean, it should come out here pretty soon. Whether Kansas didn't release him, or whether Tennessee messed up paperwork, or whether the NCAA is investigating like NIL uh, and illegal transfer stuff going on. I don't know, I, and and I'm not going to worry about it. But he's a hell of a ball player, and he would help Tennessee out quite a bit, both offensively and defensively. Um, but yeah, I mean, let, let's let's not spend too much time on Tennessee here. Let me go ahead nope. and give you let me let me give you my three winners, and just tell me if you agree. Three winners for the weekend, just plain and simple. Southern Miss, Southern Miss came in this season with the highest expectations they've had in a long time. They've always been a great program. 
But at last year, going to a super regional and hosting a super regional, they had you know this opportunity to play a really good Liberty team at home to open the year, and uh-huh. they gave Absolutely. up one extra base hit, one extra base hit, and it was in the ninth inning of the third game. They they pitched unbelievable. Uh, they their offense, I think, can get a lot better. Maybe Liberty's pitching was 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 above average or not above average, but maybe Liberty's pitching is going to be good this year. Uh, but I thought that they won, they won the weekend. I thought team number two, Missouri, Missouri just won the state farm showdown. They went two and one. They had wins over TCU and they had wins over, and Texas. Of course they lost to Oklahoma state, but other than one bad inning, they outplayed Oklahoma state in my opinion. And in Missouri, like I said last episode, I don't know if they finish in last place in the SEC this year. They're they're structured well. They're going to be scrappy. And I don't know. Maybe they don't finish in the basement this year. Maybe they do contend a little bit. Um, but I thought that they won the weekend. That's a tough tournament. And they came out on top. Um, and my third winner, and I know they went one and two, but Cal State Fullerton showed me so much. And maybe I'm a little bit biased because of the early 2000s, how good they were, even the mid 2000s, early 2010s. I mean, they went to Omaha in what 2013 as well. Yeah, I think 2013 was their last appearance, but they hung in there toe like what's the what's the saying toe for toe? No, that's not a saying. Um, what tit for tat? I don't know. They they hung in there tit for tat with with Stanford, who was everybody's number three team or number two team in the nation. Uh, preseason and other than two or three innings combined for those three games I thought Cal State Fullerton was the better team they, they don't have the pitching depth but their offense is much better their their star I pitchers are good I, I think Fullerton's going to be up there at the top of the standings in, in the big I, west I all agree. year I really I, I agree with you there I really like Fullerton, they're bigger. They have a little more size in their lineup. They had guys that can hit for power, hit for contact, run the bases. They were just, they were always in action. I mean, they had good ABs. They worked count. They were swinging a strike. I mean, just all this stuff, the little thing when you just look at a good lineup. But I mean, at the end of the day, they were so close. And I mean, I, w- I was sad for them. Like they, they put, they work, they played their asses off all weekend. And mm-hmm. for Stanford, they're just that good, man. That lineup, you saw it against Texas State. You saw it against UConn last year. They're just that good. When when the at-bats mean the most, they come out and they make them worth it. They, they'll, they'll Innings two through seven, they don't care, it feels like. They don't care. And then in the eighth and ninth inning or extra innings or even the first inning, they when come out just guns a-blazing. Like, and then they'll just coast. It, it reminds me of an NFL offense that'll go down – score the first drive of the game, they get seven points on the board, easy touchdown. They don't score again until four minutes left in the fourth quarter to like have a comeback win. That's what I, it reminds yeah. me of. But my my winner, I I like that you picked Cal State Fullerton, but one another team that I think is the winner is Campbell. Yeah. Well they got I mean, the Rutgers, doors blown off today. Rutgers yeah, I mean, it, it happened. It, when you win two big games, game three, it happened. When you use up your pen the first two days to get the first two, it happened. Um, I think that's the difference between a good team and a really – like a great team is sweeping on through Sunday. I think that's pretty obvious. Most people would understand that. 
Um, but Campbell, I mean, Kuehler moved into the Friday night role this year. He he, what what? I don't want to say he was just pure dominant on Friday, but he picked well enough for them to win yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday they had a JUCO guy come in, throw five inning shutout. I think um, Campbell blew him out ten nothing, and that's a good Rutgers team. I think that's a Rutgers team with a high expectation this year. Well, so, we saw their we saw what their offense could do today. They put up 15, 16 runs or something like that. But, but I yeah, I mean Campbell's a winner. Campbell Campbell's a, a moral winner for sure. After losing a first round draft pick, best player in school history, everybody thought that they wouldn't be able to bounce back from losing Zach Neto. But I mean, hey, they they showed that they're going to be a, a top mid major program again this year. And more than likely, a, a regional team that's not a four seed. You know, there'll be a two or a three seed, depending on the, how the rest of the year goes. And there's somebody that you don't want to play in the postseason. So, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, a few other Power Five teams that I guess were winners, in my opinion, South Carolina. They're a different team this year. We saw what their starting rotation can do when they're healthy. And then this year, they get the addition of Will McGillis and 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 Casas or Cas. Is it Casas or Casas from Vanderbilt? I always forget. First baseman. Um, they have some some real thumpers in their lineup now. Um, you know, Wimmer at short is a, is a great hitter, a great defensive guy. So South Carolina showed me that, hey, I don't know how like, – I don't know what their ceiling is, but right now their floor is really high. Their, their floor is really high. Possibly. And um, so hey. South Carolina was a big power five winner. Um, I Florida, thought if you want to, if you want to throw South Carolina in there, the winner, you got to throw Florida in there. The well, winner. yeah, Florida, I mean, of course, pitching staff is pretty, pretty damn good. Yeah. Florida has a lot of ways to beat you. A lot of ways to beat you. They're, uh, they're, they're up there with LSU as far as pitching talent and, uh, and then offensive, you know, I mean, the pieces alone, in their lineup, they, they can got, get you. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, today alone, you just saw how deep they're pitching it. They brought, a, I mean, they had a guy today. He DH for them last year. Um, he was recovering from TJ all year. Makes his first his collegiate debut this year, pumping 96 98 on the left side. Um, so that's, the, I mean, in that lineup is pretty good. That they've got one through three rotation, they've got a bullpen. They've got velo. They've got everything. They've got everything you need. It's just a matter of executing. It's, it's right. that simple for Florida. Yeah. Hey, one so, more team. One more team that I can consider a winner this weekend. Texas Tech. Texas Tech swept a, a really good Gonzaga team, in my opinion. And uh, it, it, we talked about. I don't know if Gonzaga is very good this year. Um, they lost two first round, two let's just say top three round picks last year. Starter, I don't know. I don't know if Gonzaga was supposed to be that good this year, but still, I I, I think you can fair to say Texas Tech coming out showing that they they're still winning. Yeah, in that kind of fashion, pretty good, good for them. Yeah. So let's go. Uh, here here's some a few losers from this weekend. Um, I, I think we have to start with the University of Texas. I mean, that's a group that looks – they look lost. I mean, four errors today in the first inning – or second inning against Vanderbilt. Uh, they, they could not get a big hit to save their life. No power whatsoever out of their lineup. Just a lot of young guys trying to feel it out right now at the college level. And, listen, we've both been there. 
the first few games of your college career, you kind of deer in the headlight. You, you don't know how fast the game actually moves. Um, and then you not only put them in their first games as college players, but you put them in an MLB stadium with crowds of 20,000 people. It, it's, it's nothing that they've ever done before. So right now I'm labeling the Longhorns as losers. I think they'll gradually get better as the year goes on. But right now I, I'm not comfortable if I'm a Texas fan. I, I'm, I'm a little shaky. Like, are we even going to be in the top four or five teams in the Big 12? That's and that's where they're that's what they're looking at right now. I think I think Texas is one of those teams. Don't just let the process play out. Just let the kids grow up in front of you. Um, they'll they'll grow up. They'll play. I think Texas will be a pretty good team when it comes to game forty of the year in May, end of April, May. I think Texas will be a decent team, and maybe if a couple things go their way here and there, they can sneak into the the field. Um, I don't think it's time to panic. I just think. Guys are gonna have to grow up fast. Expectations of them are gonna be climbing on them. Yeah. Um, so it's up to the players. Can they mature quick enough? Can they adapt quick enough? Wait to see. Um, here's um, another loser I have. Um I hate to put this team in in the loser category, but man, they kind of laid an egg this weekend, and that was Louisiana Tech against BYU. And and maybe BYU is is really good. Um but those first two games, I mean, BYU was – I mean, Louisiana Tech was just outmatched by BYU, and I thought this was a good opportunity for Louisiana Tech, you know, back-to-back Conference USA championship winners to make a statement at home, get the fans excited. And there was just nothing to, to get excited about for them in the first two games. And so, I mean, I guess it's harsh for me to call them a loser because maybe BYU is that good. Maybe BYU is actually a winner. But um, but yeah, it's a it was a tough scene there in Ruston this weekend. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it is opening weekend, so how how can you really overreact? Um, it's more fun to overreact. I mean, from a content standpoint, everybody loves to overreact and underreact, whatever. But realistically, <laughs> I, I don't think you can put too much weight, too much stock into Louisiana Tech yet. Um, I think Liberty getting swept. It's not, it, that's not good. I mean, you always you got to get one on the road. You got to get one, right? Yeah, that's fair. It just yeah. shows how good Southern Miss is. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, um, State beating the shit out of a Big Ten team that bad is pretty, pretty, uh, pretty oh, wild. Texas State, yeah, dude. The Sun Belt is going to be an absolute force this year. It's Texas State might good. be the best team, and we're, we're, nobody's talking about them. Everybody's on. Georgia Southern, or they're on Southern Miss. Uh, you know, they're on Louisiana or Troy. Hey, I'll Troy. give you a loser. Okay, I'll give you a big time loser. Your boys, your Big Ten favorite, your Big Ten pick, getting swept at San Diego. Nebraska getting swept at San Diego with. I was trying to avoid that. that I was, was trying brutal. to go anywhere but Nebraska. Uh, they made me look that, like idiot. They, they made me look like an idiot. Hey, I almost look smart. Hey, I almost look smart. Maybe I still do with Cal State Fullerton. Um, I still think I think they can win the Big Ten or the Big West. Um, <laughs> well, they that, can't that win the team... Big Ten. They can't win the Big Ten. I promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think I think we got most of the obvious winners and losers. Georgia Southern taking care of business against West Virginia. It's an easy series to lose. 
Yeah. Um, an easy series to lose. And they took care of business like they were supposed to, which is sometimes me- says more than you think. Like they took care of business, like without question. So good for them. Um, I think for the most part, I think we got most of the big time winners and losers. Yeah, we've probably forgot a few, but I mean, there was 302 teams that were, uh, you know, playing and, and God, it was so much fun to get back into it, but I am exhausted. I mean, I was consistently staring at my phone and my computer screen and my TV for three days straight. And it sucks because I, I mean, I don't know if you're, if for the first time listeners out there, but I do have like a day job, a full-time job, licensed insurance agent for Geico. And I have to work on Sundays. I have to work from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Um, and today I actually had to work a little bit longer because I started my day late due to college baseball. I needed to get some stuff done for college baseball, my gambling picks and everything. So I'm I'm looking at four different screens today, Dimitri. And the only reason why I'm telling this is because it, it does have a funny ending. So I'm looking at my phone screen. I'm looking at my laptop, my personal laptop, checking scores, watching games. I'm, look, I'm looking at my work laptop. And then behind that, I have a TV playing, ESPN Plus, and I'm flipping back and forth. So, you know, in like job titles and descriptions, like, hey, can you work in a fast paced environment? Can you multitask? Can you do this and that? I should be hired by Google or Apple because I was doing four very mentally straining tasks at the same time. I was tweeting, I was watching a game, I was turning the channel on my remote for the TV behind, and meanwhile, I'm like, hey, thanks for calling Geico. My name is Ben, I'm your licensed sales agent. How can I help you get this auto policy started? And like, there were several times in my day today where I would literally just not listen to my customer, and this is very bad. Like, I, I should have performed it, my work at the highest level. I didn't, I'm sorry. But like, the customers would be talking to me, and I'm over here thinking like, God, man, I have, uh, you know, I have the under in, in Louisiana versus Rice and their base is loaded two outs. Like I need this run to not score or <laughs> whatever the case may be. That's so, hilarious. Yeah. So I was, uh, I was quad tasking today. It's a stressful job, man. It's, it's stressful to have four different screens in front of you. It's a, uh, and you know what? And it's, you know, it's even more stressful inside of that. You're trying to pick the four best game. Of all the games, so like, dude, I was you're like, uh, and I you're only like, wanted to watch certain teams hit, and I didn't care if they were like pitching. And so, you know, the moment they got three outs, I would have to switch it to a different game. And meanwhile, there's a hundred games to choose from. It was, uh, it's kind of funny to look back now. Yeah, I mean, like you, you always like want to put on like two or three good games, and you're like, are these the three best games? Am I missing out on something? So, um, <laughs> I think this weekend, on honestly. I think this weekend was a really good weekend. It wasn't one of the most action-packed opening weekends we've had in the past couple of years, um, as far as upset. I don't no, think there, there were. You're right. There wasn't. There wasn't a whole lot of like you know like, huge wow, walk-offs wow, wow, or like no. like holy crap, this is insane. Those type of things. Um, but I mean, the whole weekend was probably highlighted by Virginia Tech bringing back the home run hammer and just giving the double bird awesome. to the NCAA awesome. saying, Hey, yo, we're going to freaking hey, do our home run celebration. You want to know something about that? So uh, the rule, the rule actually says you get one warning and then 
the punishments come the second time and beyond, second, third, fourth time. So your first time is basically a warning. So Virginia Tech apparently did the hammer for the first one and then went to the bat after that. So so I don't know if that counts as really saying FU to the NCAA, but it's kind of like a loophole, like, hey, hey, we can still do it. You can't stop us. You made the rule. Is it one per game or is it one per season? I think it's one per game. So you better you better save that one per game for some big time moments. If you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, but what's the worst the NCAA is going to do? They're not going to suspend student athletes. You can't suspend the whole team. You can't find people because they're not getting paid. Could you imagine the NCAA came out and said, "Are you on a nail deal? Oh, you are. Okay, we will fine you. All people on an NIL deal can get fined." Yeah, uh, and I guess I guess for the maybe people that don't understand what we're talking about right now, last or I guess at this during this past summer, the NCAA came out and said no more home run props or any cele- celebratory props in the dugout or out on the playing field uh, because teams were like putting football helmets on. Virginia Tech does the hammer. Uh, there was like the home run chains and stuff like that. I mean, just fun things that the NCAA decided to crack down on because it's so bad for the sport. And, you know, we can't have our young, young uh, audience seeing that and blah, blah, blah. Like, shut up NCAA, leave us alone. Just let us play. We're, we're a non-revenue sport. Just let us have fun. <laughs> um, Yeah. You know, I think going back on the globe, on the globe life tournament, the tournament that, I didn't honestly, if I didn't, if it wasn't on Twitter, I didn't see it. I did not pay for that subscription and I never plan on it. Um, I just, I just, there's already enough other subscriptions we have to have to watch as many games as possible this year. But it seemed like based on like what I saw, it seemed like it actually was a successful tournament. It was competitive. Yeah. Arkansas beat the brakes off of Oklahoma State today. And I think TCU, I mean, TCU beat the hell out of Arkansas and Vandy the first two days. So for the most part, there was some blowout, but there were some good competitive games. So um, I think they have to be happy with that tournament, um, with the product they put out. Yeah. All right. So I didn't watch, I didn't have the subscription either just because, just because I was busy doing so many other different games I was watching. Um, And of course they were tweeting out highlights and everything, but yeah, like Flow, Flow Sports is not ESPN Plus for the most part. But let's be honest with ourselves. As far as college baseball broadcasts go, it's the, the Arlington or State Farm Showdown, whatever you want to call it, it wasn't the worst by any means. It was actually probably on the upper tier of some games I was watching where they, they only had – like, dude, there were several games where – there was one camera. It was behind home plate, and it zoomed out a hundred feet. And it's like, dude, are you guys are gonna knock Flow Sports because, like, of what? Like, they've had laggy streams, and the graphics aren't great, and the announcers are so-so. Um, I I think we're not at a point where we can pick and choose the the broadcasts, and except for a couple, there were a couple Flow Sports broadcasts in the Snowbird tournament and a different tournament. Uh, maybe it wasn't even a tournament. Maybe it was just a, a a team's home broadcast that Flow Sports was in charge of. Those were rough. Those were brutal. Like those were twelve U perfect game uh, ba- baseball prospect 
kind of filming. It was it was bad. I couldn't watch those. Here's my thought. I'm I'm hesitant to clown or make fun of or call out like broadcast, but there's a there's a line. If you're charging a subscription, it's got to it be should good. be decent. It should be yeah. at least a two yeah. camera. If you're charging a subscription, it should be two camera. If you're not, if you, if you, like a one camera setup behind home plate from up above the bleachers, that should be a free broadcast. I like that's just I that's just my thought. That's just my opinion on it. I mean, that's if a you good have point. One camera behind home field. There's nothing special about it. You're not seeing the whole field. You're not seeing pitch by pitch. So why should someone have to pay to see that? If you're paying for the subscription, there should be one in center field where you can see pitch by pitch. And then there should be one somewhere else that can show the whole field and show each individual ball in play. So I don't like to make fun of it because you never know the story. Sometimes they're grinding just to get something out. Like Louisiana Tech is part of the Conference USA package. So you got to pay to watch. And they had a single game, a single camera above the bleachers, just chilling there, just kind of like a, a bird's eye view of the of the game, which is terrible, which is terrible. But <laughs> I hate <laughs> I hate making fun of broadcast because I never know exactly what the situation is. But if you're if you're charging people to watch it, come on, put some effort in. That's a, that's a great way to put it there. Um, and and so I'm I'm trying to think if there are any free broadcasts out there. Most of them are linked to ESPN Plus. I guess maybe like West Coast Conference, like that was free. Well, uh, when I say free, I mean that comes with whether it's your cable package or something. So, right, like sometimes, yes, I think the SEC Network is also part of ESPN Plus or no? Yeah, it is. SEC Network Plus. Okay, so, but you're you're paying for per month for a lot of games. Like you see what I'm saying? When you're paying for just a Conference USA package, which is just Conference USA. That's what I'm talking about. ESPN Plus, you get multiple games. So you're going to have some good ones, some bad ones, some in between, and some great ones. So, like, I can't, you can't really throw ESPN Plus in that category. It's the individual one where right. it's just a weekend or it's just a single team or a single conference. That's when I'm like, dude, why, why are you making people? It's just not fair. You're, you're taking advantage of, I guess their emotions or whatever, or their their son playing or their kids playing or their girlfriend, their I mean boyfriend, whatever, and they want to watch the game, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm gonna pay so I can watch," because they kind of feel like they have to. Yeah, I mean that's 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 a good point there. Hey, one thing I, we need to talk about here, I can't believe it took us 30 minutes to get into this, but what is up with the freaking umpires this year, man? Like, what what's going on with is it their fault though? Is it their no, fault? No, it's not their paid? fault. They've been told to enforce these pitch clock rules and we're getting batters getting struck out because they're you know taking a little extra time in the box. I mean, dude, dear God. It's not fair. It's not fair to the umpires because that's their job. They want to keep their job. They have to call by the book. They gotta call it by the rule. And if the NCAA keep putting them in shitty situations like this, it's 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 gonna keep getting worse. It's gonna keep getting worse to the point where either the umpire says, "Screw this, I'm not, I can't keep calling these plays because they don't believe in it either," and they just stop calling them or turn a blind eye on somebody. Now, the integrity get impacted because 
if one team playing by the rules with the rules in mind and another team not, who knows what's supposed to happen? Are you supposed to yeah. enforce the rules? Are you supposed to not enforce them? That's why you that's why the umpires just have to call them, whether they like it or not. So in my opinion, this should be a hybrid rule. This should be a flexible hybrid rule where if it's in the top of the first inning and there's two outs, nobody on base. Like, yeah, dude, come on, get in the box. Let's go. Let's get this thing rolling. Or if it's in the sixth inning and it's a five-run lead, nobody on, just, hey, get in the box or get on the mound. Let's go. Let's pitch. If, I'll, I'll warn you, and if you don't do it, then I'm going to start calling balls for the pitcher, strikes for the hitters. But, hey, if we're in the seventh inning, base is loaded, two outs, and it's a 2-2 count, and my guy just fouled off a pitch down the line, give him some time, man. It, it, as a hitter, and I'm sure – on the pitcher's point of view too, we could, we could use the same logic, but man, I need to like collect myself. I need to get back into the like hitting zone. I just roped a ball down the line. I thought it was fair. It's foul. I got to refocus. This should be a flexible rule. If it's a competitive game, maybe in the middle innings or late, or even in the first inning, like give the guy some time. Let's get focused up. That's when you're going to get your best product. When, when things are being rushed and there's, when, when things are being that's rushed, not, that's not what the sport is. Yeah, exactly. Hey, look, Dimitri, if if you were out going golfing, and somebody said this on social media, I don't remember who said it. I'm not going to take credit for it. If it's a Saturday, 10, 10 a.m. Saturday tea time, would you rat? And you're with the boys. It's you, me, Ben McDonald, and Kyle Peterson. We're golfing. Would you rather have somebody standing behind our group? giving us a freaking shot clock and like, Hey, hit the ball, go to the next one, hit the ball, go, like, go get your ball, boom, go to the next hole. Or would you rather like drink some beers, hang out, um, you know, take your time on your shots, like just, you know, enjoy it. Like what, what would you, what would you rather do? Obviously, you know, my answer, but you, that's not a, that's a loaded, that's not a fair question so because that, that's not a question. Okay. So I, I forgot to say the main yes, point. Yes. As I a, would prefer to be on my own time. As, of course. as a fan, wouldn't you rather just go to the ballpark and just sit back, enjoy the guys playing the game? You, we don't need to speed it up. If you need the game to speed up, then you're not a real baseball fan. If you need the game to be on a clock and your attention span can't do it, you're not an actual baseball fan. Hey, leave early. You know, come late. Who cares? Like you're you're not there for the baseball. Like you, you know what I'm saying? Like real baseball fans will sit there for five hours and just embrace the game and and think of strategies and think of trying to me, manage the games and and just enjoy the time out there. We don't need somebody speeding our game up, dude. We don't. Like I'm tired of it. Let me ask you though. When when a guy in the middle of an at-bat, every, between every pitch, he steps out, he walks around, fixes his batting glove, fixes his Evo shield, yada, yada, takes a deep breath, all that stuff. When they do that every pitch, as a pitcher, I, I'm standing in the mound like, get your ass in the box. Let's go. Get your ass in the box. I think the game should enforce those things on its own. Umpire says, hey, the first two times you're taking too long, let's speed it up a little bit. You know, in a nice way. It doesn't have to be, hey, get in the box where you start some drama or whatever. Just, hey, get in the box. Let's, let's go. Taking too long today. I think that is more better and more effective than umpires calling time, stopping the game, and explaining what happened. Hey, pitch clock went out. That's a ball. And they do it again. That's 20 seconds right there. 
you're not you're it's not an effective way to speed up the game. No, I agree. I it's uh time pitchers are getting it under 20 seconds, 90% of the time. If they aren't, they're getting the rod and bag, they're fixing the mound, whatever, digging out some dirt, they're communicating their team who hey, who's got second on dull play ball, all that good stuff. Like sometimes it takes a little more time between pitches. I haven't seen I haven't seen a single coach come out and say that they like the rule. In fact, I've seen a lot of big time coaches come out and say they hate the rule. You know, Dave Van Horn is one one guy in his press conference that just said, "Yeah, this is stupid. It gives us no time to, uh, you know, see the situation, put on bunt coverages, call pitches, look at you know what 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 the situation calls for." And when you have these coaches coming out and saying stuff. Like that's the coaches run the sport of college baseball. Like people should realize that the the NCAA doesn't care about baseball itself. In fact, the committee is normally athletic directors who were baseball coaches in the past. You know, the Ray Tanners of, of the world and things like this. Like the baseball coaches across the country run the sport. They make decisions. They make legislations. They vote on stuff. It's uh, and when the coaches are coming out saying like this is so stupid. Like I hate this isn't it time for a change? Like we had our one weekend of it. Let's not go any further. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, the, the, all the D one coaches, they probably know what's best for the sport. That's what I'm saying. They, right. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you assume so? They're the, they know they're, what's best for the sport. They they've dedicated their lives to it. They've dedicated their lives oh, to college baseball. They get paid for it. I, yep. I think the NCAA has got to stop. Their, their front, whether it's run by other athletic department, AD, administration, whatever, it's a trickle-down effect from the MLB. It's from MLB the MLB. Trying right. to, they're trying to improve their product. They're trying to make it faster, get a younger crowd. That's what they all say. The younger crowd just wants to see exciting baseball. They want to see energy. They want to see high-level stuff. They don't want to see a hurried-up game. I don't think they care for the most part. No. In in this and so, at the same time, a baseball game is three and a half hours, three hours. I guess what a football game is three and a half hours or three hours. A basketball game is two and a half to three hours. I mean, what? Yeah, but the problem they can get away with it because it's a continuous sport. Football is pretty continuous for the most part. You see a whole drive, you you, you get a break. You see a whole drive. I I just don't I don't know how, I don't know a way to say other than just no clock. I don't, I don't have a solution off the top of my head right now. And I think it should be the game should just police itself. You think someone's taking too long, you tell them to hurry their ass up. Here's something that we could do. Here's a solution. I I thought about this. You know how this year we're implementing like 10 run rules and SEC play or whatever. And both coaches have to agree on it, right? I think Uh in home plate before every series or before every game, Coaches should have to agree. Like, do we want this pitch clock? Do we want this uh, hit clock or whatever you want to call it? Or do we not want it? And and I think you'll see a lot of coaches just come up to home plate, shake the umpire's hand and say, no clock? Yep, no clock. Yep, we're good. All right, we're not doing a clock this game. Maybe if it's a Sunday travel game, they're like, hey, let's put the clock in. Um, ten, I mean, let's say LSU is playing against uh, New Orleans. Like, hey, let's put the clock in. Let's just get this thing going. Uh, I don't know if you can. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but then what's the point? 
No, nobody's going to do it. The NCAA doesn't want to give them a choice. They want the game to be faster. And why do they want the game to be faster? I don't know. Because what do they care? What do okay. they care other than their scorekeeper, their umpire? What do they care how long the game is taking? You know what I mean? They're yeah. not there. They, Umpires well, don't get paid there. hourly. <laughs> huh? I said umpires don't get paid hourly. They get paid by the game. So, yeah. So, which okay, yeah. They want to get they want to get that extra hour cut off of their game to make it three and two hours, three hours instead of four. I understand them, but so I here's don't think three, here's three ways the college baseball can make the game more entertaining and speed it up. Just very simple stuff. One, we don't need two and a half minute breaks between innings for commercials or whatever. Like you I can think get... before I, I will say the between inning clock, I don't mind at all. I don't mind it. You just really? get up, get your shit and go. I don't mind it. Wait, what? The between inning clock. It's two and a half minutes, seconds. right? Huh? It's two and a half minutes, isn't it? Or is it 90 oh, seconds? This, this past season in Venezuela was 90 seconds. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It needs to be shorter. I think in college baseball, it's two and a half minutes. I could be wrong. That, that might be like an MLB thing. but I don't know. I think 90 seconds is plenty of time. Yeah, You, you don't have – you have, rarely have a two-way guy coming off in that bat. The only time you push that clock is when you're waiting for your catcher, last at bat yeah. guy was on base or whatever. He's got to get his gear on. Um, but other than that, for the most part – Game, I'm telling you, the game flow is crazy better when there's the 90 second between in and clock. I agree. Um, it might, it might be 90 seconds in college baseball. They might have changed that, but I still think it's two and a half minutes, or at least it was when I played. Um, anyway, but and then also, like, of course, you you make gambling, you know, more prevalent. You know, people we're already seeing way more college baseball fans like dive into the sport and research the sport and you know, find teams that they like to watch and watch games that nobody would watch unless they had money on it. I mean, I know gambling is illegal in a lot of states and it's frowned upon, but you're gambling on college football, college basketball anyways. You might as well let these guys bet on games openly. So that that gets the sport more exciting and more people focused on it. Um, And I I completely forgot my third reason. It'll come back to me probably later this episode, but but yeah. You're what? I I forgot my third reason. I had three reasons lined up, but slipped my mind. Okay. <laughs> what? I'm, I'm so confused now. That's all good, um, man. Um, but yeah, hey, let's uh, let's talk about. So, you tweeted out our mid-major poll, right? Like during the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's um, the response before, on it? Before we get, before we get there, before, before, before we get there. Do you like? Let me. Do you like? We talked about it on Thursday. I think the whole idea of having tournament the first couple weekend. Do you like it? Love it. Absolutely love it. It's a. It's a way where you get to see competition being played against different style teams, um, and it, it also allows for replicating a regional atmosphere. Yeah, replicating regional atmospheres, and it, it provides a lot of neutral sites, um, which you really get to see how teams yeah. um, are able to adjust and perform because each field is different. It's it's unlike any other sport where, like, college baseball – not not even college baseball, but professional baseball too. 
you get different like batter's eyes, which are tough to pick up if you're not familiar with, um, you know, different like grass cutouts, turf versus grass, the way the sun sets, the way the stadium background is if you're in the field. Um, there's a lot of different elements that maybe a normal fan wouldn't understand, but you go into a place you're not familiar with. It does take you like a full round of batting practice before the game to, to get used to it. Um, you know, taking in and in and out before the game, uh, trying to see like where the sun's setting at, trying to see if you can see the ball off the bat from your position. Uh, so these neutral sites are good because it allows teams to adjust on a fly and, and make sure that they're able to, put themselves in the best chance to win uh, at each one. And let me ask you this. I never pitched in college, obviously, but these mounds feel different, right? You you pitch on one mound versus another mound. It's completely oh, different, different feeling. Always different. Did you like turf mounds? I've been seeing a lot of turf mounds lately. I never in and I never picked the the last time I picked on a turf mound was high school. Yeah. There was a I game I was watching. Was picked. it was it University huh? of Houston that has a turf mound now, or Who? was it somebody has a turf mound? I was watching today. There's a few turf mounds. They're they're terrible. They're horrible. Who who would ever allow a turf mound on a Division One baseball field? I think it's stupid. Yeah, you can uh, put some dirt in the middle of a turf field. It's not that hard. <laughs> uh, but a couple other storylines I want to talk about. Um, Hey, Clemson and Florida State, Backage and Jarrett both go three and out to start off their career at their new school. Yeah, but you I mean the competition that... wasn't great though. No, 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 but three and is three and oh. I mean, but when you know like one thing I really loved with Backage having Leggett, Jack Leggett as an assistant yeah. coach in the dugout. I would like I had no idea. I had no idea. That's how you get the alumni to start coming to games and former players and um, people that, you know, embrace the guy. He's a Hall of Fame coach, one of the best to ever do it. You put him in the dugout as an assistant. Um, I'm sure he's a volunteer or even just he just sits in the dugout as maybe the wise words of Leggett. You know, he talks to some hitters in the in the hole. But, uh, yeah, it was cool seeing him in there. And I think that's going to help Clemson's fan base kind of rally behind that. It's a good way to win over the fans in your first season. Yeah, especially the the long time, more diehard. I think I think for the most part, Leggett was a well liked coach in Clemson. I mean, the guy's a Hall of Fame coach. Yeah, he might not have a national championship, but he had some damn good team. He had a lot of postseason success. So there's only he, one he, coach in the ACC that's alive that has a national championship, and it's it's from Virginia. There's only one coach allowed to what? So there's only one coach in the ACC as a conference that has a national championship. It's, it's Virginia's. So Con O'Connor from Virginia. Yeah. yeah. Unless somebody, one. unless somebody got hired that I'm, I can't think of, but no, I mean, no. Yeah. The ACC went from I mean, like 1956 yeah. to 2015 without a national championship. It's crazy, especially with all the coaches that were there. You know Martin and Leggett and uh, uh, even the, the uh, what's his name? What's his name from uh, from North Fox. Carolina? Fox, Coach Fox, is that his name? Oh my God, what's his name? It's Coach Fox, dude. I'm pretty sure. Fox, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, Fox, Fox. Okay, that's it. Um, yeah, I mean Miami. Oh, I guess Miami was in the Big Morris. East when they were 
when they were winning. Jim Morris retired. You got Gino. No, Gino doesn't have any national championship. Um, so yeah. What else in this weekend? Hey, your boy, your boy Colton Ledbetter was pretty good this weekend at Mississippi State. Yeah, Mississippi State lose, dude. How about them blowing that ten to one lead to VMI? Dude, I don't think I've ever oh, lost no. a VMI. I think I'm a career like ten and zero against them. I know I they're probably know better this year. We, but... we, I don't think we ever. My senior year, we never lost a VMI. I mean, it was only one year, but we blew them out almost every single time. So, hey, it happened. And guess what? I was pretty impressed. Do you I know who Mississippi anything? State's best player is? Who? Do you know who Mississippi State's best player is? What their ambidextrous pitcher? No, it's Amani Larry. The second baseman transfer from Oh from yeah, yeah, New yeah. Orleans. He made an incredible play today. Dude, absolute spark plug at the top of the order. The guy can mm-hmm. absolutely rake. Plays great defense. I I could see him being a maybe maybe not win the Golden Spikes, but maybe a quarterfinalist, semifinalist because he's an absolute catalyst there for that team. Without hey, him, I'm I not mean, gonna, they're a different team. I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna say it's not possible, but I think you just made a big. That was kind of a first weekend overreaction, possibly. There's a lot of good players. You can't just start throwing out golden spikes for every player. No, I, I know. I, that's why I, I said maybe not win the golden spikes, but at least be a quarterfinalist or semifinalist. He, dude, he's he impacts the game so many different ways. I was very impressed with him. I do think Mississippi State's lineup is good enough to win ball game. I mean, Kellen Clark um, hit a 480-foot home run out of the stadium and power unreal. Hey, I saw that, and the first thing I thought, I, I'm, I'm probably not the only person that thinks of this. Was that as far as Nico Cavadas' home run? I don't, I don't think so. I don't know if we'll ever see a ball in our lifetime go as far as Nico Cavadas from uh, Notre Dame. That ball was absolutely tattooed. Absolutely tattooed. Um, hey, I will say this. I was impressed with Maryland. They lost opening night. Virginia Tech, same thing. They both lost opening night, came back and handled business pretty cleanly. I think that's what good teams do. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of teams similar to Georgia Tech last year. Uh, as far as they're very offensive, but when they're bottom of the, you know, even mid to bottom of the bullpen comes in, they're automatic barrels and runs get scored off of them. You look at it. Uh, Mississippi State's kind of like that. They they were giving up some hard hit balls there. Um, and Virginia Tech was – no, I'm sorry, not Virginia Tech. I'm sorry. Um, um, why is Virginia Tech in my head right now? They, not them, but uh, I just – dude, I, it's past midnight. It's past my bedtime. I can't think of who else I was trying to say. But wait, wait, wait. So oh, Oklahoma State. Out. Oklahoma State was one team that just gets absolutely barreled up whenever their middle middle relief back into the bullpen gets in the game. It's it's bad. Oklahoma State, Mississippi State, two teams that can really hit the ball. I don't know if they're gonna have enough outs similar hey. to Georgia Tech. And that was that actually came from I told him I'd, I'd quote let him. Me on ask, this. Let me ask hey, listen to this. so the when you're thinking of like na- possible national champion team that can make Omaha, it, here's what it usually is: a good lineup with a pitching staff that gets hot. Yeah, Ole Miss had a good lineup; they just didn't mm-hmm. have pitching. They got hot. Mississippi State had 
I don't want to say it wasn't a good pitching staff, but it wasn't elite by the whole country stand on a full national they weren't, standard. They weren't elite all year in 2021, but at the end of the year when they had uh, Will Bednar step up big time and like, Landon they, they Sims got and those guys. Like their pitching staff got hot. Like, you, like I, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ole Miss last year, good lineup, got hot on the mound. And they just pit new right. they just Oklahoma like they too. Oklahoma too. Great lineup. Pitching wasn't there all year. They got hot and they started winning a ton of games. So when I'm looking at team, I'm looking at team that have a veteran strong lineup. And I'm not saying they're the, they're the wake force where they just hit 30 home runs a weekend, but I'm saying a good, strong, fundamental, have some pop, have some, have some ability to manufacture runs, get base hit long ball like if they they can still win a game without the home run so look at a lineup like that with a talented pitching staff but it's not it's not like super talented they're just a good they're just, they're just good enough yeah watch for a team like that to get hot on the mound that's what's happened the past couple of years you know who's kind of coming to mind right now is tcu tcu doesn't have their starting rotation like intact right now a lot of missing pieces there but that lineup can they can hit with the best of them. They showed it this weekend. Ball just jumps off their bat a little bit different. That team comes to mind really I the, quick. I think that's the Stanford kind of lineup too. Stanford too. South I Carolina. How, I don't know how good Stanford pitching can become. They have talent. So if they're hot, that team is dangerous. South Carolina, I, I agree with. Good pitch position player group that just needs to get hot on the mound at the right yeah. time. Um Southern Miss, I think it's kind of the opposite. So they don't really fit my. They they would have to get their bats hot, they like yeah. in order to 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 move on in the, in the tournament. I know we're looking ahead so far, but, but I'm the, just trying to just think of like kind of based on the first weekend team that you just their lineup stood out to you like this team is good on on at the plate. Yeah, um, you know who's sneaky Maryland good this year? Team? Yeah, you know who's sneaky good at the plate is Vanderbilt this year. They're, they're, they're a different breed. I mean, not a different breed, but a different style of team than we've seen in the past from them. They, uh, they're hitting for a little bit more exit velocity and gap to gap. I, I really liked their approach all weekend. Hey, I'm telling you, Arkansas, uh, hurt, losing Wiggins really changed more than people realize, I think. I think they were actually possibly possibly good enough to win the SEC. Of course, LSU. And by the way, Tommy White getting hurt. Um, not good. That's not good. Pop, shoulder pops out. It pops out once. It pops out once. It pops out all the time. Yeah. That's that's a fact. So, how much? How much? Was his throwing arm too, right? Right-handed, went to back to the bag. Yep, it was his yeah. throwing arm. And they're so. going to expect him to play third base. That's going to be tough. He tough went to there and played third base. That's why he went there. Yeah, that's so, crazy. Is he going to be at DH again? Um, that's something to look look for. What is Tommy White? Hey, I'll be? tell you one thing that I'm going to do all year, and that's bet LSU on Friday nights. Paul oh my Skeens God. He, he's is the best. dude. I, ch- I changed my mind about Dolander being 1-1. Paul Skeen might have taken over that number one ranking. 
Listen, I've never seen I've never seen anything like it in college baseball. What he was doing, and of course, it was a, a it was it was Western Michigan. It wasn't a great team, and Western Michigan's not a great offensive team. But when you get a bunch of eighteen to twenty two year olds and you make them look that dumb and that silly at the play, like you're doing something special. And and yeah, he he's not going to throw a shutout every time he goes out there. But I'll take my chances with a guy throwing 98, 99 in the eighth inning it, it with remember the, the frisbee slider. Do you remember? Like, it might just be me. I might have been in the closet this whole time, but I remember Paul Skeens at Air Force being a really good two-way player. But I don't remember Paul Skeens being, oh, we don't want him to hit anymore. He's too good on the mound. We don't want him to hit anymore. Do you? I mean, even you, in I the regional. Did. Even in the regional last year against Texas, I was like, yeah, he's good. He's like 94, 95, got a good slider, but he was not what we saw on Friday. He was not what he we saw on Friday. He was not doing what he just did. He, what he did Friday night, he was not doing it Air Force. Am I wrong? He, Am I right? He looked like a major league pitcher pitching against college kids. It was it was that crisp. Ball That's jumping out I'm of saying. his hand, effortless, just slow like, windup, like slow to big. delivery, boom, on you. Like a Noah Prime Noah Syndergaard kind of yes, like big very, body dude, just overpowering people. I, I would pay. I would pay. You know how like in carnivals, they have you know different games and stuff. I would pay fifty bucks to stand in the box to see what that looks like. I, I gotta see what that like what that looks like out of the hand. I'm sure it's heavy as hell too. I bet you can just hear the the seams whiz by, just like zzz, all the way through, dude. I mean, he got me fired up on Friday. I, I was yeah. I was like, wow, I'm not betting against that guy. Um, so I'm trying to think of anything else we're missing from the weekend because, like, now it took this episode took me a minute to kind of get flowing. Did you feel the same way? Yeah, it was. Like, it was I feel like we're flowing now. Like, think like because like in the beginning, I was just kind of like, man, where do we start? You know, there was. Uh, I mean, there was definitely a lot of big moments this weekend. weekend. There was a lot of big moments this weekend, but it was nothing eye popping, spectacular. Yeah, there was nothing, and which which is exciting because I know it's coming this year. There's going to be plenty of those moments, and we're not wasting them this early in the season. Uh, that, I mean, really, for me personally, I think there's the top three teams right now, and then four through twenty five, you can probably mix and match in any order. And they're probably going to shuffle their way through like during the season. But just from the eyeball test, I, I tried to see a little bit of every game that was not at the State Farm Showdown, which I just saw clips from. But in my opinion, LSU is still one. I think Wake Forest would be two, in my opinion. And then three is Florida. Like Those three teams stood out to me as far as physicality, um, talent, and being well-coached, and just – they looked different compared to four through twenty-five, which four through twenty-five I think are still really good teams, but I think they're going to get mixed gonna be, in the shuffle. shuffle. It's going to be a shuffle. One week they'll be fourth, and next week they'll be sixteenth, and then the number sixteen team will sweep the number five team and jump up to number seven. I, I really do expect Florida, LSU, and Wake Forest, at least from the eyeball test, to remain in the top five for a majority of the season. I think those three teams are, are that. So, good. so you're so you're back. You're you're kind of doubting your original thoughts on Wake Forest. Oh, hand, I said it hand up on. I saw it on Friday. I was like, wow, 
this team but is you actually knew, but, you, but you knew the team they had. This is the team I knew they had. And I, I thought still they were, I think they're, they're better. Game. So I think they're better than what people have actually been saying. If that makes sense. All I, the I, hype I, they're getting, I think they're better. I don't know, man. I I I will gladly be wrong. I just I don't think that team wins the ACC. I they're 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 a damn good team. They're talented on the mound, at the plate, all over the place. But you remember last year we said when they get out of their own ballpark, they cannot hit the way they hit. I'm telling you, they hit at home better than anybody. I mean, Virginia Tech was similar, but they learned how to hit outside of their ballpark and. They became a really. They became a really good. I think Wake. Let me see Wake Forest outside their ballpark this year, and then I will make a decision if I was right or wrong. If I'm wrong, what's what's I'm their wrong. first away series in conference? Look that up for me, yeah, real quick. I'll, I'll tell you right now. Yeah. What? Let's see what what Wake's got. The problem what, with Wake, Wake Forest is they're they, hosting they, a tournament this weekend. Binghamton, Mount Saint Mary, and Towson. A wash. Oh my god, dude! They might win next by weekend, 50. Dude, next weekend they play a weekend. Purdue, Fort Wayne, Ball State, and Cornell. I mean, their best team, their best team, the first three, six, nine, first 13 ish game, their best team is Coastal Carolina, who they don't play until March 7th. That's what I'm saying. That is a, that is, I'm telling you, that is a soft, that is the softest, one of the softest schedules I've ever seen. And then they play at Duke. And Those. then Homer, Miami, uh, Notre Dame, and Miami. And then what? And then at Clemson, Homer, NC State, at, at Louisville. At, at Clemson. Pitt. At Clemson and at Louisville, we'll see. We'll see what that team's made of. Because I, I think Clemson and Louisville both are, are solid. Like, they're, they're, they're a good, good team. team. They're a good team. Mm-hmm. They're not great team, but they're uh, – Louisville, I think, is a great team. You know what we're going to see think- this year, right? If LSU well, – LSU has a soft schedule, too, to start the year. I mean, we're going to see LSU Wake Forest number one, number two in the nation until spring break. <laughs> I mean, they're hey, not losing. Wake, Wake's got Florida State on the road, Virginia Tech at home to end the season. I, I, I just don't know if I see it. We'll see though. We'll see though. Um, I did a one eighty on Wake Forest though, complete one eighty. I was wrong. I admitted it. I, I think they're going to be really good all year long. We'll see. Um. Hey, you know another team that that really impressed me this weekend, Iowa. Oh my God! Yeah, they. Iowa you were right me. about Iowa. Hey, you were right about Cal State Fullerton. You were right about Iowa. Those guys can freaking pitch the ball. Iowa is going to be dangerous in the Big Ten this year. They're going to every get tweet update I would see. Every tweet update I would see from Iowa is like so and so is coming in the mound, and then like. Five minutes later, be like so and so just hit ninety six miles an hour, and struck out the side. I'm like, damn, like that's not just Velo. He knew. Hey, we get. Hey, Saturday we get LSU Iowa. Really in the Carbock in the Round Rock Classic. So, I think um, if Iowa Brody Brett starts for LSU, that's a really good matchup. Ooh, um, ooh, really. I guess that's, so. Saturday, that's this Saturday. And Brody Breck is—he's uh, a so for the listeners that didn't see the updates, but Brody Breck went five innings, fifteen up, fifteen down, ten strikeouts. He plays wide receiver for the football team. 
He's just tatted up, has swag about him, fast twitch. Um, and yeah, he struck out 10 of the 15 hitters he saw, 15 up, 15 down, perfect innings. I would love to see him against LSU because if he shoves and, and does well, I, I think that solidifies Iowa as a top two team or top, call it a top three team at least in the Big Ten, probably top two. Just say top three, top two. What difference between Rutgers, Maryland, and Iowa? What's the difference? Is um, there, dude? The Big Ten kind of sucked this weekend. I think they got like Northwestern, Northwestern, awful. Nebraska. Yeah, when has Northwestern been good though? When has Northwestern been good? Well, they, they still have to the play. They still have to play twenty eight or twenty six, twenty seven. Uh, no, twenty seven conference games. So they're gonna get beat up yeah. in conference. Hey, by the way, we kind of forgot about this, um, but I'm going to get it up on the website, our fantasy team. I didn't even keep track at all. So it would be interesting to see how our how our team did after week one. Um, I'll have that up on the website this week. So we'll see what that looks like. Um, hey, here, here's a question for you. Who? So give me give me your five favorite hitters in college. Ba- I mean, not favorite hitters, five hitters in college baseball that you would draft in the first round of the MLB draft this year. Maybe I just caught you off guard and and maybe I should take this one, but I'm going to draft this. I'm going to draft it purely just as a, a fan. I like their swing. They're a good player. Not analytically. I'm not going to say they're swinging a mess where you, I, whatever, all that stuff. I'm just gonna, purely just a fan, like just from a, Hey, I like their swing and stuff. Tommy Troy is up there now. Tommy Troy. That's the reason why I brought that up. Bro, that guy, His he's, gotten, he's gotten better from last year, and I thought last year he was a great player. Tommy he, Troy this weekend was an animal. An animal. Carter Graham even was an animal this week. I mean, dude, yeah. that Stanford lineup, I was sitting there as that, that series was coming to a close and they were blowing them. I was like, did this series say more about Stanford, more about Fullerton? And I was like, man, I we I know we've been talking about it a little bit, but Fullerton looked way better than they have in the past three, four years. No doubt about that. That's a given. This Stanford lineup is better than last year, dude. Like, man, they 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 just freaking when they get a pitch they want to hit, they hit it. Dude, you're not wrong. Um, but Tommy Troy would be one. Jacob Wilson doesn't strike me as a like a uh, a swaggy, just got a sick swing, got a lot of juice kind of guy. I think he's just a phenomenal ball player. He's Peyton Graham two point from Oklahoma last year. Do you know what I mean? Just a good ball player. Just wiry, strong. He barrels things up. He's a tough at-bat. Athletic. Athletic. Dude, he only struck out seven times in 250 at-bats last year. Incredible. I mean, he walked like 42 times and only struck out seven. He's he's up there on mine as well. I'll I'll tell you another guy. Uh, Jacob Gonzalez from Ole Miss. You you just can't teach his swing. Like When you're a coach and you see him on your program – you cannot give him hitting lessons. You just can't. He he absolutely is a pure hitter. Nick, that Nick Kirk guy from Wake Forest is starting to grow on me a little bit. 
Dude, like, he's I'm a starting big to lefty. He got it. He's got that it factor at the yeah. plate where you just feel the you feel the um feel the presence when he steps into the box. Is that is that you what you're feel, gonna say? Oh my god, what's the word I'm looking where you feel when someone is intimidating, he's got that intimidating factor. Every time you come up mm-hmm. to the play, you're just like, uh oh. Because that's how I felt with how I feel with like a guy like Tommy Troy and um even Ledbetter started giving that vibe off a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he had a, big, a rough, big yeah, scary he, he presence too. Um, I'm trying to think of other dudes. You know who's a kind of a a, a kind of the bad like Bash Brothers like bad dudes as in a good thing is Jake Geloff and and Kyle Teal from uh from Virginia. Those guys continue to rake. They have to have 600 at bats in college combined or each. I mean, they've been doing it for so long. Kyle Teal and 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 Jake Geloff. They, dude, every time I refresh my Twitter feed, they're hitting an extra base hit or a home run, and their helmets flopping off. It, it's like they those two can carry that offense deep into the postseason, in my opinion. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, they're. they're I don't players. know if they're high draft prospects or not. Um, I imagine they're probably top three rounders each. But yeah, I mean them. I, yeah, think, Chase, I think Teal. I think Teal is definitely a possible top three round pick. Um, I yeah. don't know about Gelov. I'm not really. Have we talked about? Have we talked about Braden Taylor from TCU yet? I don't see. I haven't seen him play enough where I, I can really say a lot. I haven't seen he's him. Mr. Play he's Mister. He's Mister. Exit Velocity. Everything he hit. Sorry, I have the hiccups now. I'm battling. Everything he hits is 110 miles an hour off the bat. Yeah. We'll see. Hey, what do we got? Hey, let's, let's, I feel like I'm taking the uh, the host role this show. Why does it feel like that? Because my audio sucks. <laughs> um, let's, let's, we're about an hour and 10 minutes in. I was going to say, you want to look at some of the midweeks before we yeah. kind of wrap this thing up? Start, start peaking midweeks. Um, Early, dude, I don't know about you, but early season midweeks just are usually. This did is you notice per- how many games? Did you hold on? Did you notice how many games there are tomorrow? No, I haven't looked. There's three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen games tomorrow. It's pretty good for a Monday. Pretty good for a Monday. Pretty good for a Monday. I know. Um, uh, I know Texas Tech plays tomorrow because uh, somebody, somebody said. Something Texas about Texas a sweep. Plays Gonzaga, Ohio State, UConn, Michigan State, Grand Canyon, Oklahoma Air Force, Nebraska, San Diego, BYU, Louisiana Tech, Santa Barbara, Oregon State. That's a good one. Um, but BYU, Louisiana Tech. I'm looking at that. That's another yeah. good one. Can Louisiana but Tech even the series? That's a, that's a big question mark. Yeah. Hey, Tuesday, West Virginia, Maryland. Decent matchup. Um, I I don't think Maryland looked bad this weekend. They just they just couldn't get over the hump. They had a lot of opportunities to score. They just couldn't get through. Um, oh my god, we have East Carolina Campbell on Tuesday. There you go. That's at Campbell. East Carolina Campbell at Campbell. Stetson Miami. Good. Stetson always beats Miami. It feels like. Ooh, here's Not a good this one. one. Hey. Um, hold on. If, if, if yeah, it's at Miami. This is the one they lose. 
Hey, but here's, here's a good May. one. Let me see if let me see if Stetson comes back down there. No, they Cal, don't. So. Cal plays at Stanford, and Cal just played really well against the University of Houston, and Stanford struggled. Um, FAU at UCF. Mm, that's a good one. Hey, here's an upset alert. I'm going to call it now. Cal Baptist is going to beat Oklahoma State. Cal Baptist beat Oklahoma two out of three this weekend. And I remember reading in their preview, like their season preview, that D1 Baseball did, and they were pretty high on Cal Baptist. This is the first year they're eligible for the NCAA tournament after moving up from D2. Uh, apparently they have some dudes on their team now. Georgia Tech going to Statesboro. Georgia Tech to Statesboro. That'll be fun. I might have to go to that game. Statesboro is just down the road from me. That's a good one. Um, Tulane, Cal State, Fullerton. Oh, I don't, I don't ooh, like that. Game. Charlotte at Clemson. Charlotte's a damn good team this year, too. <laughs> Irvine at USC, pretty good. Um, I think that's it. Um, I'm sure we can find a couple more in here. I've barely looked. That's it. Hey, we were right about Tulane. They're not good. Hey, who you know who? <laughs> 7.30 Eastern on Tuesday. We have Houston Christian who got smacked this weekend by UT Rio Grande Valley. Um and they play Baylor, who got smacked by Central Michigan. Baylor was such an embarrassment this weekend. They gave up a 15-run inning with two outs against Central Michigan, and the Chippewas just bullied Baylor. Uh, that was embarrassing. Man, they, man, it's so weird how Baylor – I don't know how Baylor does that. Like, they're, How are they not good? They should be much better than that. They usually are. I don't know what's going on with them, though. Like, that's a – it's a tough scene um, there in Waco. That they have that new coach we talked about um preseason, like first or second episode. We talked about they got a new guy in there. It'll take a minute to get that place rolling again. Um that's about it. That's all I've got. Um good opening weekend, in my opinion. Wasn't a huge, super electric, crazy, but hey, we might have our Tommy White 2.0 this year um from Texas A and M. Oh, um, I forget his name from Texas A&M. The reason why I didn't say his name. There's a reason why I didn't say his I name. I can't pronounce it either. I can't pronounce it either. I'll learn to pronounce it. But, God, man, that guy, what, he had three homers this weekend and just moonshot. Sweet swing. Sweet swing. I'm going to come into Thursday's episode prepared to how to pronounce his name. It, it, it's And, dude, he, he was one of the few freshmen that came into the season with a lot of hype. And – you know, I usually don't buy into the freshman hype right away unless it's Dylan Cruz coming on a campus at LSU or an Alex Bregman coming on campus at LSU. I mean, that guy's the real deal. He's going to hit 25 homers this year if he stays healthy. Who's the bigger, who's the, who's the bigger name right now coming out of LSU? Was it Bregman or the Dylan Cruz or was it um, Jacoby Jones? Who's the biggest – Who is, is Cruz one of the biggest names? Um, well, Jacoby Jones – wasn't a big name coming out of college. Jared sure? Mitchell. Jared Mitchell was. Is that who you're thinking of? Jared. No, no. I know. I know who Jared Mitchell is. I know both of them. I guess Jacoby Jones. Like, I mean, he had a great college career. I don't remember him as much as a like a big time name. I would say Bregman's one. Dylan Cruz. Well, I'd say Bregman one A. Dylan Cruz one B. And then I would probably go with a uh, Aaron Nola. Was probably number two A, 
and this is just off the top of my head, so please forgive me. Um, I'm trying to think. The only other people, I mean, Kramer Roberson wasn't even that big of a name. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was Mister Popular. I'm talking. I'm, I'm talking about like draft guy, like a guy, like. I mean, Kramer was up there, but I don't think he was. I think Dylan Cruz, one of their best prospects they've had in a long time. And they've had a lot of good players come out of there. Well, okay, so if we go back far enough, DJ LeMahieu was a superstar there. Um, Man, that's tough. Mikey Matuk, our our former guest on the show, who has a podcast, uh, Mike Duck. Matuk was a big name. Do you think these guys were on Bregman's level, though? No, not quite. Oh, oh, what about um, the guy that transferred from Arizona? First round pick, Jacob Berry. He played Jacob one year there. Berry. He was a big he, time. He, sign. He, he, he was, what, last year? Uh, yeah, last year. Uh, I mean, yeah. well, hey, that's you know who I the got. biggest. You know who the biggest name of them all? Is Ben McDonald. He was probably bigger than Bregman. He was the guy. It was before our time, but one overall to Baltimore. Yeah. Dude, he's basically cool the uh he's the buzz cut version of Kyle Peterson. You get to great. hold on to that. <laughs> you get to hold on to that for the rest of your life. I would be number one overall pick of whatever year draft. How does he keep his hair so flat? Like how does he have that buzz cut just so flat across the top? Dude. If, what is that a 70 what is that a 70 80 thing i don't know man i like it right there, i, I, love I it. have I the love hair it. to do it i could do it with my hair i might do it like i might go as ben do mcdonald just, for halloween do you, do, you like a, do you have like a template you kind of just rest on your head and then you take a buzzer <laughs> and just go straight across like that the how opposite of a bowl cut it's a plate cut you just put a plate on there and you just right over it <laughs> or, the, or the bowl cut yeah um, well, yeah, let's wrap up the show, man. It's it's late. I'm tired. I got to edit this. My audio sucks. And again, I'm sorry, everybody. It will be better on Thursday, whether I have to buy a new computer or whether I have to figure out what's wrong with my mic. I don't know. I'm sorry. Uh, but we'll be back Thursday. Weekend Series Pickums will be released um, either Monday or yep, Tuesday. It will, be updated. it will be updated tomorrow night. Um, the preview the uh the six series will be out tomorrow night um if if worst case scenario they're not out tomorrow night they'll be out tuesday morning but i'm pretty sure we'll get them out tomorrow night we'll go through our six series we'll have them out um to the 13 people that were eliminated from our survivor thank you for joining you still have a chance in the pick them um it's not easy it's not easy not at all all right, well, uh, let's wrap up the show there. And I uh, appreciate everybody for listening. Appreciate all the new Twitter followers we got. I think we got like 3,000 Twitter followers this weekend added on. So that was fun, and that was nice and rewarding. Um, but, yeah, y'all, got, y'all guys have fun. We'll uh, Enjoy your midweek games. And uh, we'll be back Thursday night to preview the weekend number two. We won a national championship for, for Ole Miss and um, all the past players and all the fans across the country and for the state of Mississippi and the University of Mississippi. Uh, we did it. And, uh, we're national champs. Breaking ball. Oh, my goodness. Deep right field. A grand slam. Base hit. 
Titanic with a blast again. 